0: Thank you for joining us for this episode of Talking Health in the 406, where we're one community under the big sky. I'm your host, Jennifer Vansicle, longtime healthcare worker turned health educator. Whether fostering is something you've always considered or something you've done, or maybe something you have no knowledge of, you're not going to want to miss today's episode with our guest, Brenda Segna from Billings. Brenda's been a repeat foster mom and has even adopted a few kids, including two teenagers. She's got a great story to share with her experiences. You're not going to want to miss it. Brenda, so I guess let's start out.
1: So tell me about you. You grew up in Butte. You're a Butte girl. A Butte girl. I grew up in uh, Butte. I, I love Butte. Uh, I stayed there. I went to high school in Bozeman at Mount Ellis Academy, and then I came to Billings to go to college.
0: Okay. And then you're so still in I'm, Billings. Do I you like ever... Billings. I'm still in Billings. And so then do you, I know you're a foster mom or adoptive mom. Can you yep. tell us
1: about how did Both. you ever get into that world? I started, I had a niece out of Butte who, um, lost custody of her kids and just I was I started out as kinship care so I took her kids and I think I had them six months and then I wasn't going to do it anymore and then you get the call and it's really hard to say no when you start hearing these backstories and there's such a need for it so I just kept on doing it. So um, three years ago um, I saw a video out of Missoula of Two kiddos that had been in foster care for, at that time, they had been in 10 years. They were in 11 years when I I adopted them. And they just kind of got lost in the system. And they were older, they were teenagers, so the chances of anybody wanting them or adopting them was pretty much nil like it, it just doesn't happen very often and especially with the mental health issues like they weren't even in foster care they were in group homes so they just were a little bit more high maintenance and um I asked if I, I sent out a thing and said hey I have a license I have no placements at the moment and I'd like to have the kids placed with me and try it and see how it goes and and they were for it and against it. Like they didn't want to move the kids all the way from Missoula to Billings if it wasn't going to work. And they wanted them adopted. But at the same time, if we don't try it, how are we going to know?
0: Brenda, what what video was it like one of the ones we see on our evening news of like a waiting child?
1: Yeah, or... it was a waiting child video. Oh, It was a okay. waiting child video.
0: Okay. And so for them to have yep. gotten to the group home stage... How does that work? Did they, were they already in some foster homes and then they finally just
1: kind of lost So they had started out, well, the abuse to them was horrific. And so they had started out, um, I think they were two and four or a little before um, Autumn was two years old. So they were pretty young when they started out and um, due to no fault of their own, They were in two or three foster homes and it just kept falling apart. And so then the mental angst on these kids, because nobody wants me. My parents didn't want me. My, you know, this family didn't want me. That family didn't want me. The families just fell apart. Like, Like for Autumn, her first family, they ended up getting a divorce. And so they ended up losing their foster care license. So it was to no fault of her own. And so it was just, these things just kept happening, just bad situations. And they, so the only place to put them at the time, there were no foster families. So they had, they started out having to go to group homes.
0: And so are these group homes like with also with like people with disabilities, you hear about those type of group homes?
1: Um, No, these are just, they are not disabilities. These are um, primarily, they're just filled with foster care kids, kids in the system. And there's a, a lot of them are teenagers and they end up aging out of them. And so it's just a regular house on the block. You would never know that it was foster kids. Um, the kids go there, they go to school, they go to, you know, and come back. So when I first went to pick up Autumn, you there's a big sign on the door that says um, no going in or out. So the kids can't just go outside in the yard and play. It's like, do not cross this line without an adult. So they weren't allowed to go outside. And then when I walked in, so you're walking to a foyer and the kids have to stand there and say, may I cross over to the living room? So then we got to cross over to the living room. We were trying to get to Autumn's bedroom to get her suitcase. And so then we walked through the living room to the kitchen and she had to stop. And may I cross over to the kitchen? And we had to do that like four times before we got to her bedroom. And so... On the one side, these kids are so well behaved because it's so strict. It's so rigid in the house. On the other side, it's just really heartbreaking. Like when I brought them here, they did the same thing. They walked in my front door and I was trying to show them their bedrooms. And they're like, can I go up the stairs? I'm Like, yeah, you just go up the stairs. We don't have to ask here. But it took me about three months to get them to quit asking. And the same for food, like they'd be hungry, but they wouldn't just go to the kitchen and grab a snack. That one took me about six months to get them to eat on their own. I'm not talking about meals because I fixed the meals, but just to go grab a snack, grab an apple because they're hungry. They, they wouldn't do it because they thought they were going to get in trouble. And so it's a good thing and a bad thing um, because the, the positive is they're so well behaved that there, there were no issues. And um, I'll give you a good example of that. Jack got his driver's license. And so we got it after the school started. And so he goes to the high school here and they're not allowed to park in any of the businesses parking lot. Well, there's a shopping mall and he couldn't get a pass for the parking lot because they only give it one time a year. So I said, well, right across the street. So that uh, strip mall, I said, why don't you just go park there? He couldn't do it because it was breaking a rule. Mm. Like it's, this is three years later. And I just got him to do it this year. I'm like it's okay. And and I would expect that I would be the one saying, no, you're not supposed to, but I'm the one saying, Hey, it's okay. You can park there. But he wouldn't do it. They wouldn't do anything that would break a rule because they didn't want to get in trouble. And so it was, there's breaking a rule and then there's bending a rule, I guess is how I would say it. It's like, we have no place to park and it's a one day, you know, one time thing. It's okay. But you couldn't convince him of that. Like I said, it's three years later. I just got him to do it last week. And it was like, oh, like I said, there's good and there's bad. So when they think that they're these are terrible kids and they're 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 not. They're so afraid of breaking a rule that they you know they won't do it. And yep, they do have mental health issues. So neither one of them could walk up my stairs without the light on. They were terrified of the dark, so they both had to have a light on. Um, they couldn't go outside after dark. Terrified, terrified of the dark. So those were all things that we had to work on, and just different little things. And then the trust issue with me, like I would say for about the first year and a half, at least once a week, one of them, "Are you going to take us back, yeah? When are you going to take us back?" And it was like, "I'm not taking you back." And if they did do something wrong, that was the very first thing out of their mouth was, "Are we going back now?" Nope, you're not going back. It's it's done. It's over with. We're you know, you're staying here. In fact, Autumn got in trouble last week, and it still came out of her mouth. Am I going back to the group home now? No, you're not going back to the group home. You're just in trouble and we'll work through it. But it's just the still, that's the first thought in their head is if I do anything wrong, I have to go back to the group home.
0: Interesting. I have a um, cousin that married someone who was adopted out of foster care. And I remember her saying something similar where she just got bounced you know for for one reason or another her and her siblings and the family that finally did adopt her you know the mom said you're this is your last stop you're not going anywhere and she said i didn't believe her so i tested her because i just felt like okay when when's my next stop because here we go again let's just get it over with and yeah that's, yep. that's interesting and the group homes are as they're interesting because you know essentially i'm assuming it's run by the state the state of montana and they're not
1: by the state of Montana. Their they're agencies oh, like okay. Youth Dynamics oh, Aware. Okay. And okay. so okay. they yeah. And so they contract it out to them. And so the kids go there. I seen. I seen A lot of the foster care, so Aware has their own foster care, so does Youth Dynamics. So you're not necessarily a foster care for the state of Montana. You might be a foster care for one of these agencies. They each have their own process. Their I own guess. system. Yep. Yep. And so, um, in fact, both kids, their foster care, none of them were from the state. They were, um, from aware or youth dynamics, they both were from an agency, which I thought was kind of interesting too.
0: Yeah. And, oh, that's a whole other, that is a whole other rabbit hole, um, to think about. So what, what does it look like to become a foster parent with one of these agencies? What is that license licensing process look like?
1: Um, I don't know, because I've never done it, but (laughs) um, I have read all the reports from there. So they're not as strict as the state. So it's a little bit different. Um, Like, I have a caseworker that comes into the home that comes to visit. And so the caseworkers just meet with the agency. They don't necessarily meet with the family where the kiddo's at. So that's different. You know, I work directly with with the caseworkers for each of the kiddos. And, um, they, the caseworkers meet the families, but they have a supervisor at the agency. And so most all correspondence is through them. And so like, um, if I have an issue or if I need something, I can just pick up the phone and call the caseworker and say, Hey, this is going on, or this is what I need. And it's taken care of. If you're with an agency, they have to call the agency who then calls the caseworker. It's like this longer process. And it's like, I don't know if I would like that. Like Mm it takes longer time, you know, if I have to call the agency and they can't, it's still the same situation. The caseworker makes the decisions, but you have a caseworker and then a supervisor. And then, so you're being screened for whatever it is. And maybe it's just a permission slip to go on a field trip, you know, and it has to be signed by a caseworker. And so I could have that in 20 minutes where if you go through the agencies and I, I, I'm saying that because Jet has one where he was going on a field trip, but the agency didn't get in contact with the uh, um, caseworker in time, so he didn't get to go.
0: Mm. And so
1: it's that type of thing. It's like, it's just a a couple steps longer. So, and I don't know as far as they have the background checks, obviously, but I don't know about the classes and the stuff that we have to take, how that differs in any Mm -hmm. way.
0: I feel like I've even heard it's to the point where like, if the kiddo needs a haircut, you need to get permission to get their hair? Oh, checked. yeah, you
1: can't. So you can't, you can't cut their hair or change their appearance in any way without permission. And so like, if I wanted, I have a foster baby. Now, if I wanted to cut her hair, I would have to get a hold of the caseworker. she would have to get it in writing from the parents. And if the parental rights are terminated, it's a judge who has to decide that. Like you can't change their appearance. So in the group home, when I first started trying to get um, Autumn and Jet, Autumn's got red hair and she wanted to dye it uh, pink or green or blue. And so their parental rights have been terminated, but the caseworker said yes. And like, it was me fighting to stop it. I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> Let's. I said, we're not supposed to change their appearance. Why are you letting her change her appearance? Well, she's a teenager. It's just a phase. And I was like, yep. And I said, and box dye on a red hair, it's going to turn green. And I said, she can just wait till she gets here. Well, will discuss why she wants it done. I said, and I would prefer that any dyeing is done by a professional, especially for the color of her hair. I said, I've been down this road with another redhead. It's just going to turn green and it's going to be a nightmare. So I, I did get it stopped and we, we did highlights. We tested it on highlights. And so she had green streaks in her hair. She's like, oh, and I was like, this is what I was trying to tell you. I said, it's really hard to dye a redhead's hair. And I said, so you have to go to a professional. So it's just stuff like that to where she was in a group home. So the rules were different.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so I guess getting back to Autumn and Jet's story on how they became part of your family. Um, so after you, you know, you got to move to Billings, you had them for several months and was finally getting them trained that they can walk into a room or they can go to the fridge and get a snack. Mm-hmm. And at that point, they're still foster kids. They're not.
1: Yeah, they were still foster room. care. Mm-hmm. Yep. So it's, um, they have to be in your home six months. So um, it took me six months to get them here. Um, I started in February. So I got them here in July. So then from July and December to December was my six month training period or to see if it was going to work the honeymoon period. So we made it through that. And then it took clear till the next July until I was able to adopt them. So then I had to do another six months. I don't think that was, I just think it was the process of getting everything done. By the time you get a judge and you get like it's not we had to transfer the case. So at the end of the six months, then we had to transfer the case to Billings because I was still on board. I was still determined I was going to adopt them. So we got the case out, it was actually out of butte. So we got the case out of butte and transferred here to Billings and then it was going through the process and it took like about six months.
0: Mm. Okay. So they
1: were a whole year.
0: Yeah. And um, can you tell us about what then it looked like with that ceremony with the judge or anything? What then? Oh, yeah, sure.
1: So, yeah, people don't realize that um, you think adoption and they're going to be so happy and thrilled. And but there's also panic in the kids. So Autumn was happy and thrilled. Jet had the panic attack. Like he was like, wait a minute, what's going on here? And so it took me probably another six months to calm Jet down. So not every kid is really, which I didn't know. I had no clue that any of this was going to happen. And it's, it's like it's final and you've never had a final you've never had. And so it scares them. They, they don't know how to deal with that. And so it was talking to the therapist, like we had to go so many times and walk him through it and um, foster care and group homes become their security blanket. And so what happens now if she changes her mind? I can't go back. And and that was his exact words. I can't go back. And it's like, but I'm not changing my mind. You're going to be here until you turn 18, go to school, whatever. I said, I'm not changing my mind, but you can, everybody changes their mind. He's like, you don't understand. Everybody changes their mind. And it's like, no, not everybody. And so I wasn't prepared for that because I had no clue that that happened, that there was that side of it. I just thought they'd be so thrilled to be adopted. It's like, oh, yay, you know. And while Autumn was really happy, she still had the same emotion. She just, it's it's like, didn't express it. It was more trusting. But then you hear little comments and stuff that she said. And it's like, oh, you're just as insecure as he is. You're just not showing it where he was very vocal about it, which Mm -hmm. really shocked me. Just the the look on his face. So we're in there. Everybody's happy and joyous. And his face was all like all the color drained from his face, his hands. He was squeezing his knuckles. They were just completely white. He was just like, wait, wait. And so for him, it took six months for that fear to go away. He was terrified. He was terrified that he, if I changed my mind he had no place to go now, that foster care was, the group homes were over. He had no safety net.
0: And how old was he at this time? He was 16. He was 16. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I guess that would have been one constant in his life, you know, for so, so long. That's all he's known his whole life.
1: Yeah. That's all he's known. And then it was poof, it's gone. Interesting. And then it was like, wait a minute what happens. And so he'll be 18 here in uh, December 1st. So Mm -hmm. now we're on the other, you know, it's like, oh, I'm going to be an adult. I made it. I, you know, like he's not even the same kid, but it took a while to get there and to work through all of that anxiety. And like I said, I had never even heard of it before, but then I started Googling it afterwards. And it was like, there are so many kids that should just be in the packet. Like, this isn't a normal adoption. This isn't, you know, they're fearful. They're terrified that there's nothing there or that if you change your mind.
0: Interesting. And so has he come around? Are you mom now? And he knows you're not I, I'm, going anywhere? Um,
1: just um, since he came back, I let him go for the summer with his bio mom. So up until that point, um, I was not mom. And uh, mom to him was somebody that abused him. And so his mom beat him with a hammer. So mom was completely out. So um, I let him go spend the summer to meet his bio family in South Dakota and it completely fell apart. Like it, which is, it was good and bad. It was good for him to see that, but also good to, I I didn't keep you from them. You can come. But ever since he's been back now, I'm mom now, now he's a hundred percent in now it's like, oh, this is my family. This is. But he had, again, hung on to that thread of hope that his biological family was going to step up to the plate and take him. And he just ended up butting heads with them. And um, it just it didn't work out. So but he got to see that for himself. And he came back much stronger. And like now he calls me mom and we're all good.
0: Interesting. And so had you all this time then been slightly in touch with the, the bio family, the biological
1: family, um, to Um, have this connection to, to essentially even know who they are to go see? Well, we didn't know a lot. So I would say like maybe right before, it was actually right before, um, the adoption because we found out they had two older siblings. We didn't know that. Um, and so then you get all of their paperwork from the state when you adopt. So I was going through the state's paperwork, and we actually found phone numbers for his grandparents in South Dakota, aunts, uncles. So no, I, we didn't have that. And then um, his one, so one brother went to live with a bio dad, and the other brother was adopted by a family and moved to Alaska. We, and he is two years older than Jet. So we, I actually was able to find him on Facebook. And reached out to him. He flew here and came to the adoption. Wow. And so they have a really good relationship with him. Um, the oldest one, um, we haven't been able... Well, I've connected with him, but he's just not a safe person for them to be around. So they haven't met or talked to him. And then the grandma, the aunts and uncles, um, we've connected with them. Um, we did via social media. We made a few phone calls. And then... When I started letting the kids talk to them, then Jet, that's all he talked about. He wanted to do this. He wanted to go meet his family. And Autumn's the total opposite. Please don't ever send me there. I don't want to go. But she doesn't remember her family. Jet was five and he remembers. She doesn't remember anybody. Mm. She has no recollection. Mm -hmm. And so it's just like it's two different um, people. And so Jet. I let him go. I was like, okay, he went for two months and got to meet all of his relatives from his dad's side of the family. And it just wasn't his cup of tea. It just didn't, not what he expected, not what he, not the lifestyle he wanted and came back and he's like, well, I met them. I probably will never go back, but I met them. It's like, okay.
0: Good for him to go kind of ride those Uh, waters and see what that that's like kind of check out the grass.
1: I felt it was better to do it like this summer, because then I still had the control to pull him back. If it's after he's 18, I didn't want him stuck there in -hmm. a situation that he couldn't get out of. And so it was this way I got to make the decisions. And if he, you know, gave me the signal, I would have just pulled him out. But it didn't leave all of that resting on him so that he would have to tell them, sorry, I want to go. I don't want to be around you anymore. Mm-hmm. It was, nope, my, my mom's making me go home now. Okay. So it kind of worked out.
0: Thank you so much to Brenda for sharing this story. Brenda's going to continue her journey through foster care and adoption in our next episode. So be sure and tune in for that. In the meantime, if you would like any more information on whatever you heard today or about becoming a foster parent, tune into our website at talkinghealthinthe406.mt.gov. And until next time, take care.